You're listening to Beyond the Bike with Big Lou. And now a few words from our advertisers. Welcome to Sysmontane Brewing Company. We are located at 1409 East Warner Suite 6, Santa Ana, California 92705. We are open on Monday through Thursday from 3 to 9, Friday and Saturday from 12 to 9, and Sunday from 12 to 6. We have 15 beers on tap with rotating seasonal options. We also have a cask night and taco Tuesday every Tuesday from 3 to 9. And we also feature vinyl Sundays where you can come and choose your own record and we play your music for you. We'll see you soon, Santa Ana. Cheers. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Beyond the Bike. Tonight, we have... Jordan Steyer in the studio. What's up, Jordan? What's going on, man? I feel like I'm a regular guest now. <laughs> well, you want to make it happen? We could we could make it happen now, man. <laughs> Jordan has uh, Jordan's more of a techie, right, Jordan? I mean, how would you describe yourself? And like, you know, you used to work in the industry, right? But you know what? I'm gonna cut you off real quick. I'm cutting myself off. Real I didn't quick. even say anything. Yet. Okay. <laughs> I I, I want to start with giving a shout out to uh, to Cal Fire, all the firemen, uh, you know, County of Orange. Uh, all the, you know, L.A. County, Riverside County, all the firemen that have been out there fighting the fire for the a holy fire started by some knucklehead. Um, I don't knucklehead know what the, is a is an easy term to... Yeah, yeah. Let me adjust the mic here. That, that guy was a little easy. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's what it is, I guess. Yeah. Uh, 86 per, 86% uh, percent contained right now. Uh, so it's... They're doing a really good job right now. I think they, they stopped using dozers, and it's all hand crew right now, which is a lot of work, man. So shout out to those guys. and It's rugged. Uh, yeah, and uh, Urban Regional Park is closed. Um, <laughs> is state, it still? Yeah, still closed. They're that's where they're they're hanging out and camping, and you know they have their their it's far. It is. It's but, kinda, I guess I don't know where else they would go. O'Neill, maybe. Uh, obviously not. I mean, they have nowhere else to go. So not, not not unless there's another there's another um, department there that's that's hanging out there. But anyway, so they're, 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 yeah, so they're there. You know, if you guys see them out there, you know, if you're riding bikes, you know, since we're here in Orange County. Uh, Thank them, dude, because um, these guys have been doing a lot for us to keep us safe. You know yeah. What I'm saying? And so. like we were saying, too, uh, beforehand, I had a couple of buddies. Their dads were going up north to fight that fire um, that's going on, and uh, this fire just kind of came up out of nowhere. So it's a lot of pressure on these guys right now. I mean, they just nothing was going on down here, so they, a lot of guys are sacrificing their time to go up north, and uh, then we need them back down south. It's kind of crazy right now with the fire season. Well, you just never know when, when you have a freaking ar- arsonist that uh, yeah. wants to – wants to, to start a fire you know yeah, Th- those just, are those are uh unforeseen deals yeah that was a crazy guy it seemed like i don't know it was just i don't know stuff happens i guess and uh definitely sucks re- rest in peace aretha franklin you know she passed away yeah i saw that today that was pretty crazy so i mean you know cancer dude it's it touches everybody's lives dude unfortunately yeah it's one of the top killers for sure behind yeah. uh, heart disease yep yep but. so uh on a lighter note <laughs> after that gangster <laughs> intro fires cancer and oh, bikes now <laughs> yeah welcome 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 all right jordan so uh i've been riding the uh well, I, got, I got opportunity to ride the trans 29er so yeah. let's okay so the first i guess the main topic we're gonna have and then i mean a little bit of structure today is gonna be that's basically right. talking that, about that's what uh, we have during the studio because this guy's all about structure i like it i wish we need it in, in my life especially <laughs> well, if i'm gonna come back next week we'll hopefully be a little more structured again i mean on top of what we're doing now but uh i guess the main topic today for hopefully uh the majority is basically going to be about what mike levy on pink bike calls down country bikes down country. This mix of uh, 
okay. cross country and trail, like keeping the short travel, but then trail geometry. So yeah, there's a, there's a lot to choose from nowadays. Why, 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 why would he call it down country? I mean, is there a reason why he would call it that? Just being stupid, playing words. Okay. Not, not stupid, right. but just, just uh, playing, playing with words. Yeah, instead of being a hundred mil travel road bike geometry bike of of ten years ago, it's hundred mil travel with modern geometry. So. Yeah, but I mean, you had the uh, the Tallboy LT, right? And the Tallboy. That's a long know. travel. It's one thirty five travel. The LT was was a one yeah one thirty one thirty five okay. rear one forty four. But I mean, it was like they've been around. Like yeah. the, the original Tallboy that came out was definitely like aggressive for its time. That's why it stood out so much for Santa mm-hmm. Cruz. But um. I think uh, you're even having just the the cross country courses, at least on the World Cup circuit, getting tougher. So they need something that can handle that stuff as well as being efficient. So the companies have made that a priority. Um, but what is, what is Nino Schurter on? Scott's uh, Spark. That's a full on cross country bike. If you want to call it that, <laughs> I mean, it's still a sixty eight and a half head angle, I think. But I mean, so but, that's but, that slack. But, but travel wise, it's what a hundred mils. Hundred mil. I think. Uh, I mean, depending on the race, I mean, I don't know. I mean, even 100 mils, uh, I guess it comes down to geometry. I mean, I, I'd, I'd be, I'd be surprised if like any of these guys that are like top world XC racers would would jump on something like a like a Tallboy or you know something in that in that range. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I mean, I guess that's where this new segment coming uh, coming through is this whole down country or whatever you want to call it, um, light trail. It's it's tough. I mean, it, it, depending on the race uh, that you're doing, if you're doing like a Downeyville, the Tallboy works well because it's mm-hmm. like a, a cross country day, like an uphill day, and then a downhill day. Or uh, endurance racing, some people like the slacker geometry. You you been uh, out to Downeyville? No, I wish. That's that's on my bucket list too, man. <laughs> yeah, it's a long drive, but yeah, from what I've heard, it's cool. I so see. the guy that won this year, Jeff Bush, was on a SB100. Okay. So, uh, step cast 34 in the front. Yeah, that's um, that's XDR kind of, that's, 12 speed. That's the what do you call it? Down country. It's, it's like it's a hybrid. Down, yeah, so it's it's, it's like a hybrid. And he also I think he won the BC bike race on it too. Same bike. Yeah. Yeah, same same with uh, the with the brand new Shimano XTR all, 12 speed. Uh, 12 speed, yeah. Yeah. Good for him. So, I mean, the, the, they want to talk about World Cup or at least world class athletes riding it and he's riding it, but it's just a, a different type of race doing these yeah. longer type races. So it's more like a Marathon, uh, endurance. Kabush is a funny guy because he does that kind of stuff. Where like Downeyville, he prioritizes like crazy, like above other people. It's like I think last year he was there for like a month, or at least he was there a month before practicing everything, and then just getting acclimated. And and uh, he wanted to win that. Obviously, he found that to be like a like a milestone to, to win that race. Um, you have to be dedicated to you know to do that. Those kind of races where yeah, I know I know. Remember when when Pete Schumacher. Um, was training for that BC bike race, and oh, you know, yeah. he, I mean, he was putting in miles and miles and miles, and he had a trainer, and he was just that was amazing. Yeah, the yeah. dedication to get that. I mean, just the the stats on that race is crazy. And you're taking a photo of me right now, and I got to act candid right now. <laughs> Last photo he posted to me, I look freaking <laughs> stoned. <laughs> I'm sober, guys. If anybody's listening and saw that picture, I actually have never done anything crazy. I drink, so I mean, I guess I'm not sober, but. This guy's still taking well, pictures. You're, you're on that Rocket Vodka, right? You're an Rock, ambassador for Rocket uh, Vodka? Yeah. <laughs> 10, yeah. 10% off if you use my code, right? What's the code, Jordan? Uh, it's uh, Jordan Rocket. Yeah, see? You get $5 <laughs> off of uh, Rocket Vodka. Apple, uh, it's actually uh, made from apples. Um, 
So it's uh, it's really good. Shameless, shameless, shameless plug. <laughs> no, it's actually really good. But uh, local well, local guys. Bring, bring that in here, man. I'll, I'll, we'll give it we'll give it a worldly twirl over here. I guess uh, <laughs> I'm trying to get crazy on the podcast. I guess on a Thursday night. If it was yeah. a Friday Friday night, like you used to do it, then we might do it. But Thursday night, I got work in the morning, dude. Like little John, we're gonna get crunked. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're we're, we're gonna we're gonna focus on on structure and uh, so what's what's on the on the topic here, Jordan? Just the uh, down down country bikes. Well, so I saw you riding a couple bikes when we were talking about the brewery uh, mm-hmm. before this, but um, shout out to Sis Montaigne. Sis Montaigne, you do a little plug before uh, the podcast, right? Um, it's a, it's pre recorded. I saw. I think I, I heard that last time I listened yeah, to it. Yeah, pre recorded. Um, yeah. So you were riding the Pivot Trail four two nine, and you also brought up the Anthem, but also the Trance, which. I guess that's another topic too. Is you, you bring up the anthem being a hundred mil travel and the trance is a one fifteen now. So travel wise, they're pretty close, but geometry wise, way different. But, right, uh, right. And, and we're going to party on by cracking this thing open. It's a new beer that Sis Montaigne has. It's an IPA, so eighty five percent IBUs, eight percent alcohol, ABV. So eighty five percent, eighty five percent IBUs. Is it, does it go by percent or just eighty five? Okay, sorry, eighty five. <laughs> sorry, I, I, I keep it a hundred though. Just to let you know, I keep it 100. The strongest IPA you've ever had, 85%. 85%, baby. That's how we do it. No, it's good. Watch that big head right there, man. Sorry. I just, for, pull, I just, I just for, pulled the Jordan. Since this is audio, <laughs> 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 clarify a little bit. Yeah, we, we did a bit of pre-gaming. Yeah. It's good beer. You know, it's... Ah, it's good. Good, good, good. Anyways. Yeah, so trance give me your input so you, you've written the anthem Ooh, the 429 man. and the trance you got better uh input than i have yeah i'm gonna be straight up i'm bullshitting the heck out of this podcast i have no idea what i'm talking about i'm going by numbers i'm going by what i've what i've seen what i've heard but okay. uh I'll well, try that's, to... not, that's not bullshit that's those are those are numbers you got you're a numbers guy you got you got facts you got that, that only means documentation so much. only means so much okay okay so but it's it's not bullshit i mean most of the time we do have a good you know what we call it a good time we're talking story <laughs> Uncle B would probably talk a story. Mo- mo- mostly it's going to be me looking at my shopping list of like, what would I get? I mean, that's kind of what, I, what I'm going for. So. I mean, but if you if you want to you get down to the nitty gritty, I mean, you have to have some kind of, you know, information, some, you know, paperwork and something to back up what you're saying. Yeah. So I, just kind of shooting from the hip. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's good to, I mean, some people say it's better to look at the numbers before so that we have an idea. And some people are just like, hey, ride the bike and see if you like it. Numbers don't mean anything at the end of the day so yeah so um i'm i'm in the middle of a uh, bike shopping i'm trying to get rid of my uh 2018 hightower lt 29er it's for sale and uh um danny Romania wrote it you know and that, uh, that's the one that danny had right mm-hmm. yeah yeah so it's i mean it's it's a new, new you know near me condition but uh it's not the kind of bike that i want to ride no. you know on a daily basis it's a big it, bike it's a big bike you know danny loves that kind of style of a bike but you know Different stroke for different folks, right? So yeah. I like, I was on the Tallboy, you know, and that was a great bike. And uh, like, okay, so let's we're gonna sell this bike, and what's gonna be my next bike? And uh, Giant came out with a new Trans Twenty Nine er, and uh, numbers looked pretty good. You know, pricing was really good. You know what what they come, you know, you know Giant usually has a good package when you're, you know, when they're selling a bike, you know, you you know it's bang for your buck, right? They're they're like in the world's. Um, largest bike manufacturer if i'm not mistaken right yeah i think they i want to say they're the biggest manufacturer um and also the carbon they actually weave carbon themselves Mm -hmm. um over there instead of uh, most of the companies buying carbon from different companies right um i think they actually weave carbon and sell to other bike brands okay so um yeah so 
I had high hopes for the bike. I'm like, okay, you know, I know, you know, kind of going back, I, I got to ride the, uh, the, the Random, which is a cross country bike, and I, it was a great bike. You know, I love the bike. It, it pedaled really well, and yeah, you I've, know, there's the, you know, the kit that it came with. It was like it's a good, good price for what you're getting. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right, cool. I'm gonna go ride it. Got you know, Road Oaks, and uh, my first impressions was uh, I'm a big guy, and uh, <clears throat> I was getting a lot of feedback from from the rear. You know, a lot of bobbing, right? I'm like, okay, maybe it's just adjusting some of the, you know, the, you know, the knobs that, you know, and obviously this is not the, the build that I would get. You know, the build I would get would be like the advanced one, which mm-hmm. has a piggyback and it's got, you know, better fork up front. This is more like the base model aluminum. You know, it's all aluminum. Mm-hmm. And uh, but it's a great, you know, pedaled really well. Shifting was good. You know, for an NX, you know, Tram NX 12 speed, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, ripped around oaks, and it, it you know. I I felt it was still kind of noodly, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but it tracked well. It, it you know, and when I stood up and pedal, it you know it, it it took it really well, and you know I didn't get a lot of feedback. And I'm like, okay, you know, I like it. You know, I, I think I can I can live with that. You know, feedback from the suspension until I, you know, cut weight. And I'm like, all right, well, what else can I compare to this bike? And the shop path had had the uh the pivot you know trail 429 so the new one yep brand new one yeah the new updated version yeah. of it yeah and this was the pro xo one build it's nice it's a big big jump between the two different like bikes you know yeah it's like, yeah that's the tough thing with demoing bikes too it's like the it, companies i'm well so with the giant i'm sure that's what was available as they send the path that bike um right but most bike companies are going to send you either like a middle to high or just full-on high-end bike mm-hmm. and I mean, they, they obviously the base being the frame it is definitely a big contributor to how the bike feels. Obviously, it's the frame. But when you have a bike that has, you know, their carbon wheels or something, or if it has like nicer brakes, or even if it's just a, a fresher bike, it's, mm-hmm. it changes your perception of that bike. Well, but so, yeah. like you were saying, the on the pivot you liked more. Well, yeah, but so kind of going back to the Giant Trance, the their carbon bikes are are, are still in pre order. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, still, like, I'm like, why yeah. wouldn't it take a lot longer to well, the bikes then to lay them up. I I don't know what the process is. We would no, have to get an no, engineer no. in here. No, that that philosophy doesn't work. I mean, it just it just depends. It's not even the engineering aspect. It's just a it's the timeline and depending on the shop. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously they're making their own bikes, so it's carbon bikes are kind of funky. Mm-hmm. Um, so aluminum bikes can maybe come out faster. I mean, yeah. it doesn't material wise. I would I would leave material out of the picture to be honest. Yeah, interesting. But I, I know. Uh, on the last show that you came on, we were talking about carbon and sustainability and all that stuff. So hopefully we can get to that yeah. on tonight's show. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so got to ride the pivot, you know, carbon, carbon frame. It had the X01 uh, SRAM 12 speed. Mm-hmm. It, it came with Shimano brakes, the XT brakes, which, man, I forgot how nice those brakes. You like <laughs> the XTs? They, yes. <laughs> were, they're the uh, two the, piston, right? They're the, they're, yeah, they're not the four piston. They're the two, okay. piston, two piston. You like those? That's funny. All right. Yeah, I mean, you know, and the giant came and had the guide, uh, four piston, but you know, I just I like that when I squeeze that 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 uh, that lever, man. It, it you know I got powered, you know, and and, it, hmm. and it's gonna stop. So wrote you know same route that I did at Oaks, and it to me it was less feedback in the suspension, and it you know and uh, I was talking to Ian about it, and because I think he has one. And uh, I stood up and pedal, you know, a couple little climbing sections, and I felt the suspension, like it felt almost like a hardtail. 
Like mm-hmm. it, I, I didn't, it, it hardly moved when I was climbing up and pedaling. So did you feel like an issue with the uphill like bumps and like with traction or anything? No, I, I, I was surprised how, how well it just tracked uphill. So to me overall, like if I was comparing like, you know, comparing these two bikes, you know, you know, you know, let's say I'm, I'm going to pay the same price, right? I get the advanced one build versus, you know, the X, the pro X01 build from, from pivot. Honestly, I feel that the pivot bike for me would be a better buy just because of my riding style mm-hmm. and um, how I felt with the bike. You know what I mean? Okay. And, and I'm nothing to say, you know, the Maestro's not good suspension or whatever, but, you know, everybody's got their preferences. Yeah. You know, and, and but I just felt like that suspension, the, the DW Link setup was was right for me. Okay. You know? Yeah, I mean, I hate to say it's comparing apples to oranges, but it's the bike industry is kind of funky when it comes to this. So like you look at a giant brand, it sucks because giant has this weird reputation of being kind of basic entry level, even though they make expensive bikes, it Mm -hmm. seems like people don't look at them as, as expensive bikes. They ride well. Um, I personally have never owned one. I've, I've I've ridden the the previous 29 Anthem. So that was 2013, 14, whatever that was. But, um, it's tough. I mean, like with the, the pivot being like a, you're comparing like a like the Honda being the giant, and the Pivot being like an Audi or Mercedes or something like it's like not not necessarily like Lamborghini status, whatever right. fancy, but it's like that nicer premium whatever carbon frame seems nicer or whatever. They don't even have a lifetime warranty, which is funny. Versus like Giant has lifetime warranty and all their stuff. Yeah, so does Santa Cruz. Yeah, so I guess that's Santa Cruz being a, a, that's a good plug. It's that's another thing when you look at these bikes, you want to look at obviously longevity, but um. Yeah, so like the Pivot Trail two nine or uh, four two nine is uh, another reason why I think it would work better for you. One giants being uh, tend to be a bit flexier than most, be it good or bad, depending on the rider flex and depending on what you think of flex. I mean, flex could be a good thing. I mean, they they do that. If you look at like the downhill circuit, those guys will actually tune spoke tension mm-hmm. in order to, to to make the wheel kind of fold into ruts a little bit better yeah which is a super weird thing but like elliot jackson on giant it's kind of funny we're talking about giant they've done all that all that testing they actually have a way of of monitoring like how much tension does you know whatever flex they need for the bike to do in a turn yeah so they rely on flex but um but in your case so like the trail 49 has uh, what they call a uh, a double upright design if you look at their swing arms Mm -hmm. so um with santa cruz their tall boys i i I'm blanking on their new bikes, but I know on previous cross country bikes of theirs, they would have like a single sided, um, well, they, they would have the bridge design on the bottom, but not on the top. I, I still don't, actually, I don't think they have the bridge up top. I think the, the tall boy now has, if you look at the swing arm, it has the single side. I want to say on the non drive, they have that bar that, that connects the, yes. the seat stage and mm-hmm. the chain stay. The high tower has uh double sided right and the 429 uh, tra- the trail 429 the new updated has has a double sided too mm-hmm. i think the old style was uh single sided yeah makes a big difference and it's funny my, my dad looks at that and he's like man like being a completely whatever non-nerd when it comes to this kind of stuff and he looks at that he's like i like that that makes sense you, you connect both sides mm-hmm. so maybe that's another reason why you like that I and mean, it works for you and it's a super boost plus so you're dealing with a lot of structural stiffness coming yeah so that. super boost is coming from what downhill correct uh, it's, I mean, mil- I mean mil- no. millimeters, yes, but it's not a downhill hub. It's actually a, a specific boost hub. I right. mean, if you look at the, sp- the, the, uh, flange width, it's different and the, the brake positioning is different. Mm-hmm. So you can't just run a 157 downhill hub. It's actually a specific hub. Mm-hmm. 
Could, I, could be could be good and bad, you know, depending on on the build. And you know, if you want to lay something up special, then you have to, you know, source that specific hub out. Yeah, you know? I mean, uh, from what I've heard on the Path podcast, at least when they had um, the felt designer, I forgot his name. I'm blanking. Ethan, I think. He uh, was talking about it, and he the Super Boost Plus, and he was saying that it's it's something that they should have done to begin with. Like he was saying that Boost One Forty Eight was kind of a, a an unnecessary middle ground, mm. where he actually sees the the benefits of One Fifty One Fifty Seven being the point where it should have gone. Like where One Forty Eight gets you halfway there, One Fifty Seven was definitely a better way to go. Well, let me ask you: Are Feld bikes one the Super Boost? So as far as his power as a design engineer there, I think he has to go by whatever his higher-ups will say. <laughs> so, yeah, like he, he even said, I think uh, one of the things was uh, bottom brackets. I think they still use press fit, and he wants to use threaded, but the guys there said, uh, you got to just keep doing press fit. Interesting. But um, Super Boost, from what I've heard, I hate the name. Super Boost is so stupid. Like, what what are we doing? Super Dupa. <laughs> stupid Dupa. <laughs> um, but it allows more... Out of the, uh, I guess the bottom bracket, you can make a wider bottom bracket, or uh, not a wider bottom bracket. You can you can make a, a wider suspension platform. So like the linkages on the four two nine is another thing. They they beefed up the linkages so they're a little bit wider, so it's stiffer. Um, obviously the spoke angle is different. It's it's a, a wider stance, so that's stiffer. And then they can also just uh, make more room for bigger tires. So the four two nine being twenty seven five plus and twenty nine compatible, and mm-hmm. you can have forty uh, four hundred thirty mil chainstays. So you still have the short chainstays, yeah. and you have all the options, and you have the width to to shed mud if you need to. Right. So, no, I mean it, it felt it felt pretty stiff, even you know, even with the aluminum wheels. So you said you didn't like, before we even started the podcast. You didn't like the the super boost though. Are you only you don't like it because of the compatibility or because of feel. Uh, compatibility just I, I think it just uh, any anytime you change a standard yeah yeah, yeah. just you're limited to to what you can you can lace up to it but you know but you know now now a lot of companies are going towards like you know a little bit off topic but asymmetrical wheels you know what i mean so i know um yeah um santa cruz right and then Raceface has their their wheels that are also asymmetrical. Yeah, WTB came out with those uh, the ASIM wheels like okay. um, a while back, um, doing the same kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And also, well, I guess it, it wouldn't be considered asymmetrical. I guess with Cannondale, but they have that AI. Um, I guess it would be asymmetrical, but they were offsetting their uh, wheels three millimeters. I think mm. before Boost even came out, they were doing what Boost basically did, and they're still doing that with Boost hubs. But they were doing that to offset the. Uh, I think they were moving it away from the cassette, I want to say, or towards the cassette. I forgot which way it was. Hmm. People are probably yelling at me. But um, they were doing that in order to stiffen up one side to stiffen up the back wheel. Interesting. So um, it makes sense. I mean, you're evening up the, the spoke tension. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, it's, it's coming from just from one one side. You know, you're getting power from one side, so you got to... You gotta. It's better to have even tension, you would think. I mean, from a just a balance standpoint, wouldn't you think you wouldn't want one side pulling more than the other side? It's kind of like a like positive traction and limited slip, right? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, kind of big. Yeah, it's pretty funny. You want to have that positive, man. Yeah. Full, full power. You're gonna do a burnout, man. You don't want to just have one 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 tire doing all this <laughs> spinning away. One one leg and everything. What, what the hell's going on here, man? Old Ford Rangers. They would burn out with one wheel. My buddy had one yeah. of those. It's so stupid. <laughs> you see one tire track going. That's pretty oh, funny. Shit. So yeah, I mean. You know, there's there's a lot of other great bikes out there, man. You know, but for me, like that that suspension range, like 130 up front. You know, and I think uh, it's a 120, 120, 115 rear for the uh, pivot. 
120. 120, yeah. Yeah, they, so. they bumped it up to 120 with a 134. Yeah, 130 I mean, to 140. They say you can run up to 140. Up front. Yeah. I mean, I'm all for that. Yeah. 140 is going into a different realm at that point. I mean, with 29ers, that's a big bike. So, um, But I guess that kind of goes to my point with... Uh, so you're, you're differentiating two different bikes here. So I guess the trance and the, and the pivot would work, but if you start looking at the other... Uh, I guess the Tallboy would be about the same... Uh, but they're doing a 120 fork on the tall boys too. Yeah. Well, what what about the intense? Don't they have the uh, 120, 120? That was a carbine. Oh, so they have uh, the sniper would be, Sni- but no. the uh, the primer is the in between. Oh, primer, primer would be would be like one a tall boyish, right? F- no. So that would be one one twenty, one thirty, right? Is it one twenty, one thirty, or one thirty? The the shop doesn't have doesn't carry uh, the intense anymore, so I can't really get get a chance to ride those bikes. Yeah, I forgot. I think the. Primer is a one thirty rear. I want to say that's kind of like more towards. Yeah, I guess that would be the the, like the a, higher like mid, end. Mid travel. It's longer than the tall boy. Uh, okay. Longer travel than the tall boy, but not as long as the high tower LT, maybe. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. high tower. Okay, high tower. you know when we're talking about downhill, like I'm 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 trying to get a a Bruce back on the show, so we can talk about uh, sweet. his experiences and uh, that big hole that he has <laughs> took himself up yeah i forgot where he was at um where he where he really hurt wrecked himself pretty good uh was it andorra maybe um yeah i don't know so, yeah i just want to get him back on the show because he was a cool guy man yeah so I'm, I'm I'm gonna you know shoot him a text and see if he wants to come back yeah and talk about uh his experiences you know after coming from that injury and you know he he, he hurt himself again yeah so yeah it looks like he re-injured his uh shoulder and then uh, Jared Jared Hansen finally got the cast that stinky cast off. <laughs> you saw that on the, on the Insta. <laughs> no, <place. laughs> that guy's funny. Yeah, but uh, you want to wrap up the uh, down country bikes, or what do you want to do? Yeah, yeah, let's wrap it up, man. I mean, I, I had other bikes in mind too. So like you, you obviously uh, trying to keep it on topic. Um, you you saw the trail to four two nine and the giant. So you're talking the anthem and the trance. Um, between the anthem and the trance, which one did you like? Oh no, um, so. Anthem and Trans, which are two different bikes. Mm-hmm. Um, I pr- honestly, I like the uh, the Anthem a lot better than the Trans. Weird. Okay. Um, but you know, like, so I want to do more. You know, I want to get back into racing, and but I want to do like endurance racing. Okay. So and uh, you know, shout out to Dan Blurton, man, Leadville. Heck yeah. Well, I think yeah. it was like eight hour. I think it was like eight eighteen or eight oh eight or something he, like he that. Got the, he got that belt buckle, dude. <laughs> and by a long shot, he got he was under he was under nine by a lot. So uh, nine hours so by the, a lot. So that was cool. You know, it's what nine hours is. It's your time frame. Yeah, to, nine to hours get gets, belt gets you gets you the big belt buckle. Yeah, under twelve, basically before the cutoff at, at twelve, they give you like a small belt buckle, I guess. You know but what? Under bro, nine, like, under nine is crazy. I mean, I'd be happy with the, with the small belt buckle. You seen, you seen just that? finishing, man. One hundred and four miles is crazy. You seen that commercial? Uh, was it Geico or Progressive? Where, where the guys like those two two like country guys, right? And then the guy has like he's like holding onto the belt buckle, and then and then he kind of takes off, and then he comes back with a bigger belt buckle, <laughs> and then he, and then he comes back with a bigger belt buckle, <laughs> <laughs> and then at the very end, it's got this massive like bucking bronco or whatever it is belt buckle you know it's got like animation on that That sounds shit. like dan blurton <laughs> kind of yeah be a bareback blurton exactly <laughs> so yeah shout out to dan man and uh heck uh, yeah man but you know like i'm not saying maybe the level race but you know more endurance races i, I feel like i can yeah. you know I, so i need a bike that can put me somewhere where i'll be comfortable all day on the bike and i'm still going to be you know fishing pedaling 
dropper post. Dropper post. Okay. Yeah, and uh, so yeah, that, that you know that comes well, with the uh, with that with the Fox dropper post, the pivot. So that would be the, your next thing. I think the Anthem is a twenty-seven-two seat post. So you might be limited. Well, I'm, I'm gonna you know if, if I was if I was gonna get yeah. Um, like I say, you already said you like that pivot more. So yeah, that's kind of well. So if you like that more, then the the trail might be. I guess I mean ninety five percent of your riding is going to be trail riding. So I guess that that would be a better fit. And then the, the endurance riding, the anthem might be a better fit. But how often are you doing it? You know. Well, well, check this out. So I did I did two two endurance races last year. Temecula I did, races. I did I did uh, the Benelli six uh, the turn and burn six hour. Okay, yeah, I forgot about that one. And uh, and. And then I did the uh, the eight hour at the at Vale, and honestly, the Benelli race was a lot tougher for me. The climbing's a lot worse. Yeah, yeah. The, the climbing. It's like you know you take off, you know, and you have that one, you know, you cross the road, which is pretty cool because you get the long climb up, right, and it kind of mm-hmm. separates the whole field, and then you have that fun little single track descent. Mm-hmm. But then you get to the center, right, and that's where the punchy uh, up down up yeah, down up down. Yeah. yeah, that's a tough that's a tough race just to even do just for an XC race. Yeah, it took it was like it was like five hours and like fifty six minutes. You know, I did like five laps, five or six laps, I can't remember, but yeah, maybe five laps. But uh, dude, I was I was, but I did it on the tall boy. Okay. So I'm like, okay, I I mean that's one thirty one fifteen one ten rear one uh, the the tall boy one twenty front yeah one ten for the tall boy okay yeah one ten rear one twenty front. Yeah, stock. Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, I know the path like to, right. to up, yeah, up the, the forks the, a little bit. The, the twenty-seven and a half plus was one thirty. Yeah, that makes okay. sense. But I mean, like, I, so so I'm kind of giving up a little bit on the on the pivot bike. But you know, I want I want to do some some trails in Baja, some riding in Baja, and yeah, I, I need a little bit more of a slacker. But if it's your only bike, I mean, yeah, you yeah, gotta, so, yeah. Which is, I think, I think nowadays, like, you, you don't need multiple bikes. Yeah. Right, I mean, yeah, that's well, where these bikes come in. These these bikes, obviously, they they kind of do it all. Yeah, especially another right rider, they can do most stuff. Mm-hmm. Even mm-hmm. even the enduro stuff around here. I mean, at least our local races, you can get away with on these one one ten, one twenty travel twenty niners. Yeah. So what what bike? Uh, like, if you were to buy a bike, right? What's what's on your what's on your list? Like your top five, top ten bikes. Well, I like realistically or dream bike. Um, realistic, and, realistically. If, if, if possible realistically for me right now like having to buy that uh i just had to get a new car but um congrats thanks i guess zoom zoom <laughs> but uh i think well because i mean i i've I've always had i mean I've, I've gone between one or two bikes and i've had two bikes for a while now and i i'm down to one again now so i have my hardtail um so it's kind of tough i mean i guess i have two bikes i'm trying to sell the other one but i'm not trying to ride that one so the hardtail is nice but I do miss having full suspension. So my, my realistic setup right now would be like the same kind of thing you're going for. I, I want that short trouble 29, especially full suspension. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I'm enjoying cross-country racing again right now. So I, I kind of want to get that bike that can do that efficiently as well as being a trail bike. So I would, for myself, I would look for a bike that pedals well, and then I can kind of deal with the downhill with the dropper post. I feel like I can, I can handle the, uh, most of it um, from that point of view. I'd rather go for the more efficient bike and then kind of – use a little bit more skill on the downhill rather than the bike handling it right. that way i can kind of reap the benefits of a, of a better pedaling bike but i guess the scott spark would be one that i would look at really but um okay realistically i guess i mean these bikes are so damn expensive um giant makes a nice bike i like the anthem i haven't ridden the new one the old one i, I liked a bunch mm-hmm. um 
So, so the Anthem would be like your all-around bike? Yeah, Anthem with a 124, you can make it happen. I mean, it's all-around bike. It's tough, man. I mean, like anything from the Aliso trails that we do, that would be a, that would be a tough ride. Um, your weekend at Aliso riding trails that you're not supposed to talk about, I, I wouldn't feel happy on an Anthem. Unsanctioned. Um, I guess I would go more towards like a like a tall boy or whatever, but I'm not a big fan of the Santa Cruz bikes, to be honest. You're not a fan of Santa Cruz? No, like when I rode that one that you had uh, at Over the Hump, it just did not pedal well at all. I mean, I'm comparing to a hardtail, but it did not pedal. It, it wasn't because of the saddle? Could have been the saddle. It could have been like you had the you had, setup. You had uh, the, the beefier tires on there. I don't know, but I just I wasn't getting along with it. Yeah, <laughs> but that saddle, yeah, that saddle was beating me up. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I guess the one bike to kill to to do it all kind of thing is a pipe dream to an extent. But I mean, I, I do. My problem is I do over the hump, which is basically a dirt crit, and then I'll go all the way to doing stuff at least so that you know I'm on a six inch travel bike and it's like. Holy crap! Like hold on tight, kind of right, thing for right. my ability at least. So, hmm. I guess uh, I don't know. You kind of have to compromise. Yeah, on a couple different things. I'm gonna take a quick music break and we'll be right back, guys. Alrighty. Pressure building more day by day, working hard to make it. It's getting hard to take it, knowing you ain't barely bringing home any pay. Well, I'm dreaming of a place with a little school face. We're on Mac and Reeling, go having a little fun. And I know damn good and well. Can't escape my hair onto the new little low down work we just on. Well, take me back there on the mountain. She's a big old rock in the sea, say, from another world i 
from another world man. Waiting to take them troubles from another world And we are back. That's some Gethin Jenkins. He's dropping some new music tomorrow. Some country for all you country folks. Hits one one radio.com. Go go from Gucci Mane and a little pump at the beginning to full on country. Hey, it's like bikes, man. You know, just like the uh the blur, right? What do you think about the blur, Jordan? What are your what are your thoughts on that? On that that was probably the worst segue I've ever heard. But uh I'm sure I'm sure there's there's gonna, uh they're gonna, gonna keep that to myself. Um I I mean I it won't leave the studio. <laughs> so I guess uh to, to keep on that uh, conversation uh, of these uh, down country, cross country, trail, whatever bikes you want to call them. Um, one thing I noticed in research on these bikes is the Tallboy 3 and the new Blur, uh, well, they have a TR version of it, which I didn't realize until I saw their website. But uh, they're very similar to the point where it's almost redundant that they even have them. But I, this is from a completely ignorant point of view. Maybe suspension-wise, the curve is different on the tall boy versus the, the blur. But mm-hmm. um, from my research, at least, um, with the 100 and they have a 110 mil travel for the blur TR. It's a 110 travel Fox 34 on on the uh, on the frame with the 100 stock rear end. 68 and a half degree head angle. The okay. tall boy with a 120 fork is a 68 degree head angle. So essentially, if you Same. did a if you did a 120 travel on the blur, you get a 68 head angle. Travel on the tall boy is 110, so you're only bumping up 10 mils. The reach on the blur is 455 on the large um, and 450 on the tall boy, so a little bit longer. So it, it to me it's it's almost like the blur is like maybe like the tall boy maybe a little bit better than the tall boy it's kind of funny so I, don't, I mean obviously you you weren't really talking about Santa Cruz for yourself you were talking about that pivot and the uh, and the giant but mm-hmm. I mean between the two bikes if I was looking at these two I'd almost go with the blur um, I, I, may, maybe uh, chain um, stays are identical four thirty two it's weird maybe uh, Santa Cruz felt like they didn't have like a they didn't have a true cross country bike to offer. You know, people that really wanted the uh, the, the cross country race bike, yeah, and uh, they're like, yeah, let's just throw the blur out there. Well, I don't know. It's a, you know, that's just my thought. I mean, I think that's what the original thought was, but it's like to me, it just maybe I'm biased, but it just looks like it would be the better bike between the two. Almost makes the the two bikes redundant, but mm-hmm. either way. But uh, carbon. So the next topic carbon is tariffs. What are we talking about, man? So we brought up carbon. I, I wish I remember what we talked about the last time we were on here. I think we talked about carbon repair because I was coming back from a hardtail. Yeah. Um, getting repaired. But uh, and my oh. thoughts were that were positive. Yeah. Um, you know, to, it's holding up pretty well. Yeah. To, uh, to kind of go back to that, I mean, it looks brand new. Can't really tell the difference. I mean, I couldn't say I could do the same with aluminum frame. So um, aluminum being uh, you, you can't weld an aluminum frame because of the heat treat. Uh, unless you wanted, it loses it, right? Yeah, I guess if you really wanted to do that, you would uh, stress relieve the frame to bring it back to its normal state, weld it, and then reheat treat it. But mm-hmm. to, that would just not be—it's not realistic. So, um, would it wouldn't be cost effective? No, no, and it, I I I wonder if they even offer that. To be honest, that's that's a pretty uh, pretty extensive thing to do just mm-hmm. to to fix a crack or anything, but. Um, so, so in your point of view, do you think aluminum is more sustainable, or is it, is carbon more sustainable? You know, for a rider standpoint, where 
like you were saying, like you 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 punch the hole in your was it uh, in your bottom bracket? Yeah, on your bike about four inches above the bottom bracket, so it's like the lower part of the down tube, not exactly the bottom bracket. So I got kind of lucky in that sense. So you, you think that that damage could have happened to like a uh, aluminum bike? You think or not really? So I've done this before on aluminum bike on my dad's uh, specialized enduro that's still running from 2010, um, still running today. So I guess that's a good advertisement for aluminum, but. Um, the uh, the carbon repair guy said, hey, looks ugly. Um, obviously, it's kind of sketchy looking, whatever. You could honestly probably ride this for another year and you wouldn't even notice it. Mm-hmm. If, if it was covered up, like he said, and I think I, I mentioned in the last podcast about it was, uh, you know, I've had guys come in that, that have had the bottom or like the whole down tube protection thing. Um, took it off a bike. It was like probably three, four years old. And then you see like there was a big crack down. I forgot what the, the frame was, Damn. but there was a huge crack down the bottom. The guy didn't have any idea. Like he just wanted to redo all the, the protection. And it was like, oh, Hey, you got, you got a giant crack. Yeah, it's a little sketch. Yeah. The guy <laughs> didn't know about it. But, um, from a sustainability, uh, aspect, I mean, aluminum seems like the obvious choice, but from research that I've, I've seen, it's, uh, quite the opposite. I mean, as far as, um, mining for aluminum, there's a lot of, uh, you know, as, as far as fuel consumption with trucks, uh, taking the material out and just what it takes to actually mine mm-hmm. aluminum. The mines are huge. But so, but, um, but that's that's recyclable. Uh, what's the percentage of, of, you know, recyclable, you know, when they recycle stuff? like? So on, on a global scale, bikes are, I mean, there's tons of bikes out there, but the amount of aluminum used compared to other industries, it's pretty minuscule. So mm. it's kind of tough. I mean, I guess if you want to single out just the bike industry, most aluminum frames are not really getting recycled. I mean, the biggest issue is um, if you have seized bearings in a full suspension bike or even like a, a bottom bracket that's seized and you don't take those bearings out, you have steel in the in the frame, you can't recycle that. Mm. Um, or at least it will. it's not cost-effective to recycle that because they have to remove that. Um, paint is another thing. So if you have paint on the frame, they can't recycle it. You can't melt it down because it's got contaminants in it. Wait, but I mean, isn't isn't that part of the process when you're when you're like melting everything down? Is they're supposed to remove all the impurities? You would think, but they want. Um, it's the same thing. So I, I work in a machine shop. Obviously, I'm that's, let, yeah, that's let, letting the listeners know. Yeah. I work at uh, my dad owns a machine shop, um, and we repair uh, centerless grinders. No one's gonna know what that is, but we uh, we deal with metal. But um, we recycle a lot of the old uh, hard um, hard lines of like copper hard lines. Um, we actually get more. We'll get more money from copper hard lines if we clean them first and then give them to them rather than dirty because it takes away the step of having to get rid of all the contaminants. Mm-hmm. But like with a painted frame, I guess they can do it, but it's not common for companies to go to that trouble. So okay. it just goes into waste. Okay. Well, okay. And when was the last time you recycled a frame? Who do you know that's recycled an aluminum frame? You, you don't you don't get these guys that say, you know, a free metal pickup, whatever, and they're just, they're just picking the metal, you know? Do you know anybody that's recycled aluminum frame? Any mountain bike, road bike? Do you know anybody that's even recycled the frame in general, or do they just sell it? I mean, I've given like beat up frames to to the guy that comes around and, and uh, you know picks up free metal. So yes, and okay, so you're talking about paint, right? You mm-hmm. paint on aluminum. There's paint on on coke cans, beer cans. There's paint on that stuff, right? I'm just telling you what I saw. Cars, they recycle cars. Different There's, kind they're... of paint. I mean, you're dealing with like powder coat versus whatever's on can. I mean, cans. I don't even know. Is that is that paint or is that like a is that like a plastic wrap? No, I mean like a coke can. That's paint, right? I don't think so. Is it paint? 
That's actually a good question. I have no idea. <laughs> I wonder if that's like a like a. Uh, I think those are strips. Like like they might be like a paint type of like they're like a sticker almost, but they're on there. Coca Cola that's that's not that's not a paint. But when they roll it onto the can though, it's not paint. Like they're not spray painting those things. But oh, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's not it, a wrap. It's not like a like a. It's like, it's like this, right? It's like like this, you know, cismontane, you know, glass. Ball. Yeah, I don't know. Actually, they say that. Okay, so what what about that? What about that the the clean canteen right there? Is that paint? That's paint, bro. You well, can't. So you're saying that you can't that, recycle that? That would be paint. Yeah, I, I guess. I mean, this this is so you, st- this stainless is, this steel. This is so you don't. Yeah, stainless steel. This is so you don't use plastic bottles, bro. Are you gonna recycle this one too? I mean, once it keep it forever, bro. <laughs> we gonna buy another one? You don't need to what, buy another what, one. What happens if you drop it or you know somebody r- runs it over? Then you gotta recycle that shit. Oh, it looks like you screwed up, man. I mean, it sounds like a you problem. <laughs> <laughs> I but, I um, think I think you you can. But anyway, but I mean, like, that's the whole point of like. You know these materials, these like metals and stuff like that. You can recycle them, so you don't have to like like lead batteries, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you you take them to the smelter, and then you know they re- you know they do their process, and you get a fresh new battery. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure you can do that with with lithium batteries. I'm not sure what the process is now, but yeah. now we're getting off topic. Yeah, I was gonna say that that's something I'm not really yeah informed so, on. So carbon. So you in your in your opinion, you feel that carbon's more of a sustainable. Material versus aluminum, just because of the, the you know, the mining process. You know, all the you know, from from my broad point of view, um, for what I've what I've seen at least uh, in in online research is that carbon fiber and impersonal with this whole repair thing. I mean, the guy's biased because he's a carbon repair guy, but he's basically what I what I've seen is that carbon nowadays, um, it's the frames are built proper to begin with. And if anything was to happen, you can have them repaired, unlike aluminum. Yeah. Um, not to say that it's. I mean, I guess it would be cheaper, but not to say that it's easy. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's definitely easier to repair, which I think would increase longevity. Uh, this guy's had road bikes that come in that are ten, fifteen years old. Um, just get a fr- like basically he he'll check it out, see if anything's wrong, and he'll freshen up whenever whatever needs to be freshened up. Mm-hmm. But um, as far as uh, recyclability goes, you can recycle it. But it's um, just the material. There's a lot less material. Like the articles that I've read, they were comparing like a Boeing uh, jet to to bikes, and it's like, I forgot. I think one factory in a year of Boeing uh, producing like the the fuselage and everything, the wings was more carbon than the bike industry's used since its inception. So I don't know. I mean, it's it's tough. What about Kevlar? I mean, it's the same 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 deal. What about Kevlar? I thought they would use Kevlar in airplanes as well. Yeah. Just, oh, I mean, straight I, up, just straight up carbon. I don't. I, mean, I have no idea. Okay. They were just only comparing the, the usage of carbon fiber. I mean, the the, the pound for pound carbon fiber they were using in, in like a single plane was just like a ridiculous amount of bikes. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many bikes it was, but like mountain bikes, you're you're talking. I mean, my hardtail frame is what do they say? Like eleven hundred grams or less than that. So you're talking. It's probably more than that. No, it's not. Eleven hundred grams for for your frame. Yeah, the Scott, the the new Scott scales and like all like the World Cup bikes, they're they're sub thousand. The the new uh, the new S Works uh, hardtail frame is like nine hundred. I want to say really ridiculous, like like barely over two pounds, if if not under two pounds. That's nuts. Yeah, and that's not much carbon fiber. Yeah, and uh, again, what I brought up in the previous podcast was uh, the interview with that bike. Um, man, I, I forgot again. But I know, I know we, uh, whatever the the carbon fiber wheel uh, company up in up in Canada, they're basically saying we use like we basically have like a trash can, like a small trash can amount of waste at the end of the, of like a, a month or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. They're not they're not wasting much, right? Or, 
and so. and but uh, it's carbon recyclable. That's that's a question that I want to know. Like, can, um, can you can you recycle into something else? You can't recycle to use the like as in sheets, but they're they're starting like they use uh, carbon fiber forging. Um, that's a it's been used in aerospace like, like wheels, right? You can do wheels out of them and stuff like that. Wheels, I don't think so. Um, I've I've seen uh, for like ATVs. There was one company that was making uh, carbon fiber wheels. Yeah, for for the ATV racing. Yeah. Damn, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, I know that's it's a really small or at least a, a niche brand uh, company when it comes to car wheels because I know Ford. So uh, well, Koenigsegg in in uh, in Sweden started the carbon production. I want to say then Ford bought that production from them. And now they're outsourcing. I, th- I want to say there's only like one main factory uh, doing carbon wheels for cars. What what about what about these like high performance cars that are using carbon brakes? Is that that's that's got a carbon before. ceramic brakes? Um, no, like but it's, the, it's, it's actually the rotors. Actually, the rotors, yeah, carbon, right? Like for like, you know, even like, like Ferraris and I, I remember Formula One cars use it, and and I mean shit, even the uh, you know the ZLR was it ZL one has them. ZL one one LE comes with the carbon ceramic brakes. Yeah, they use carbon for for rotors. And, and that, that's a, that's a foraging process. I'm, I'm assuming, right? I have no idea with rotors because I I want to say they have different additives in there, so like for longevity, and the you're heat. also dealing with different. Yeah, with heat too, yeah. but you're also dealing uh, with different contaminants. Like you're, they're not dealing with dirt, so I don't really see uh, yeah. like dirt bikes and stuff. I mean, they have carbon rotors for mountain bikes, but there's some controversy behind that. I, I remember D- Derek Herman Herm, Hermanator would would put them on his bikes because he was like always like about like carbon weight. rotors. Yeah, those and, things are scary, man. And, and he said that it wouldn't. It would just. I think for for the application of like motorsports. Because you're putting so much heat into them, then it works. They but, have to stay hot. Yeah, that's the problem. But, you, you have to be using them for to work. Yeah, exactly. And for mountain biking, you you don't get them that hot. No, and you don't want to. You don't want to be using them that much. I guess. I mean, yeah. and, and the, the the benefits of like weight, it's like okay, cool, but <laughs> that's yeah. what's stopping. It's not. You, it's you not know? working. They look cool. Yeah, and they're expensive. But. So so the, so um, I mean, obviously, I, I know you're not an expert, but. Uh, which? What is the uh, <laughs> what are two house when we need them, right? Golly! <laughs> uh, so the forging process is pretty much, you know, it's it's almost like a aluminum forging, right? So they yeah. they melt it all down and then they they are forcing it right to a certain like like a, a shape. Well, so I guess you yeah, had to go back to it as far as recycling. From what I've seen, is that they they'll take if if need be they'll take like something like a frame, I guess, and they can break it down into chunks, and then they'll use it for a forging process. I don't know if the, I'm assuming there's pressure involved, but the idea so like giants actually using forged uh, rocker links. I don't know if you knew that, but the uh, yeah. the trance I want to say, and I'm assuming the new bikes too, um, but I know the trance two seven five uh, were using a, a forged rocker link, mm-hmm. and they were advertising that as something like, oh, look at this, we're using forged. But it's not the same idea as like forging aluminum being mm. strong. It's actually weaker than than a, a, an actual like unidirectional or whatever. Carbon frame. Yeah. yeah. So it's weaker because you're you're almost making it a cast. It's it's almost the opposite of alum- of, of metal, mm. I should say. Interesting. Um, because you have, with a forged carbon part, you have a non-uniform shape out of it right so you don't want to make it a, a like you wouldn't make a long uh carbon forged part because you would you would be dealing with a bunch of different uh irregularities in the carbon where with a long tube of carbon you, you if you use unidirectional you have like one long piece that would be able to kind of bend and, and flex the fibers are there you know to to help you know yeah strengthen it yeah whereas in aluminum obviously forging's a stronger process because you're mm-hmm. stretching and you're actually bringing you're you're creating structure with forging right um but yeah with the with the rocker links 
I think they've had issues too um, with the the giant rocker links breaking. But oh boy, um, I guess that would be the next step to this, uh, as far as sustainability. I think uh, some watches too that have carbon fiber they use forging processes, so mm-hmm. it's able to be used in, in certain things. I'm sure. Um, I think there's a company that's doing bottle cages too. I'm using uh, forged carbon. I mean, but, I mean, uh, we have we have to do our part, right? As 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 a you know, as visitors on this planet, right? To yeah. to to be more sustainable and and uh, be more environmentally conscious, right? Yeah, you know, smaller footprint. That's what everybody's trying to preach. Yeah, especially when you're dealing with bikes. I mean, people preach that bikes are the uh, the efficient way to go about traveling, and they they will be over cars. But, oh man. Yeah. <laughs> What about, what about all these scooters, dude? <laughs> well, they're having issues with that. Have you seen that whole thing? What do they call those? The uh, lime. I think one of them is lime or something. Lime, like that. but what's the other one? The but I, there were some pe- people like burning them, and they're like, they're yeah, like, they're, they're like, having issues with those. There's fecal matter. They're, they're <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're talking about San Francisco or something, or what? <laughs> no, but you know what San Francisco's doing now, right? Because they have a new mayors, is that they have a crew, right? That's uh, that goes at night. Or in the morning, pickup crew. Yeah, and then they're like pressure washing the streets, man. They're just they're just ridding the streets full of you know getting rid of all the shit because people you can you can shit literally on the street no problem, man. Being Silicon Valley, you <laughs> did, did you know they have an app that actually like the, yes. it's for people that can post when they see a pile of dump. <laughs> They can post where the pilot dump. There's an app where it shows you the map of where all the, all and, the fecal matters at. It's, it's so it's, bad. It's, it's kind of like a Waze, right? The Waze app. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh shit! Don't oh, yeah. go down this street. Yeah, there, there's a cop. The cop down the street. You got a you got a heater ten feet away from you, bro. Don't look left. <laughs> that blows my mind. But yeah, you know, like you would think that people would be would be for like the scooters and and uh, you know you know less cars and you know all this other stuff but you know there's a lot of people that are really pissed off about this man. well one with the scooters is because there's a bunch of douchebags on scooters they're they're going a little too hard I, I forgot the name there's a name to one of the other ones that these guys on this podcast are talking about where it's I think it's like 20 cents a minute yes. when you're on it and you just go I mean to me it makes a lot of sense it'd be fun but you just have a bunch of douchebags riding around like idiots and, and you leave them anywhere you can leave them on people's lawns and, yeah. and you're like yeah screw it man I, you know I'm done here that's, I'll just kinda, leave it that's, here. that's bad it's bad. Yeah. And in California, it, so this this is another topic with with public transportation. I know Fullerton tried it with uh, with those bikes where you can like check them out and check them in, mm-hmm. um, kind of thing. Um, they do it in Italy. I know that much. My cousin went to Italy a couple of years ago and was talking about it. That's small. how they got around. But there's but it's, it's but so it's that works. Small. It's the same thing like with like when you're in New York, they use subways. And in California, we can't do that, or at least no. in SoCal, we can't do that. Doesn't work. Well, uh, I know we're like way off topic, but I, I, <laughs> I do. We always do that. But I, you know, I I feel. That that uh, you know, if they really cared about you know the traffic situation, then they wouldn't have got rid of the, the 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 railway system that we had here you know years ago. You know, back in the day, like we had you know trains and we had other railway system here, and we've got rid of that. You know, because people were just driving. Yeah. So now, like, oh crap, you know, we can really use that now, but you can't because they've you know it's too sold, late. sold off the land and you know people built parks and you know would be cost effective. Yeah. So now, yeah. so now, so. What's the solution, Jordan? You know, I think Elon Musk has <laughs> has has a kind of right. Like, you know, maybe the Hyperloop, you know, maybe we have to go underground. But then again, that, you know, California, we have earthquakes, man. So it's like, how can you build that kind of a subway system when we have freaking earthquakes here in California? I think we need a good plague. That's my solution. <laughs> no, I don't know, man. You're, you're asking the wrong guy. As far as sustainability and bikes go, man, go ride a bike. Get out of your car. Get out of my way. You know what? Um, <laughs> I, I'm I'm totally against road diets, though, man. 
don't you know what i pay for taxes i, I pay for you know you know you know especially for a commercial company you know you know we we're truck driving yeah. truck driving i mean we we pay a lot of taxes yeah. you know and, and when you when you reduce like i know they're trying to do it in tustin they're trying to do a road diet in tustin and people are like fighting it like it's like it's, as as it, in spending less money on the roads well what they want to do is they want to get rid of one lane and make it a bike lane right jesus yeah and I mean, I'm 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 opposed to the like people are saying like the non bike riders saying that bike the cyclists need to pay taxes if we're going to use the road. To uh, me, if you're going to take a lane out for just bikes, yeah, it's making that argument a lot more valid. You know, right? I mean, that's a road diet, man. You know, and it's like we already have a problem as it is with traffic, and now you're going from three lanes to two lanes. Mm-hmm. So now you're like doubling the the the, the problem with traffic. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it, it's just it's just tough, man, with with people that you know want to do their part and commute. But it's it's dangerous out there, man. You gotta be careful, dude. You know when you're riding around the streets, man, because there's a lot of people that are, even with the freaking laws about texting, it's people. You know what, dude? They still do it, man. I feel like that law doesn't even really. It, it didn't do anything, really. No. Right? I mean, I I know like when it came out, everybody was like, "Oh crap!" Like, yeah. Or like the people that were texting are like the ones that. Uh, everybody was like, like they were scared to even look at their phone. But I feel like, dude, it's no different than it was. If not, it's, it's worse. I mean, I I drive every day, man, and, and I see it every day. Uh, it's know, I would say like seven out of ten people are on their phone, on their phone texting or or, you know what I mean? Like you know, it's just it's I, dangerous, dude. I dude, like I, so I was thinking about this the other day, and you know, I'm going down the road. I I, I drive a bunch every day, especially now. But um, I'm driving a minimum of 80 miles a day it seemed like i mean it's it's over 40 miles to get to work for me now mm-hmm. but um i'm going down on like whatever it is the the, the 91 freeway or, or the 15 or the 15 doesn't have a, a carpool lane but if i'm on the 91 or the 60 depending on which way i go you're people are in the carpool lane just a single person in their car in the carpool lane mm-hmm. that kind of stuff you got people texting you got all this stuff it's like i, I i've i've seen like as far as uh, societies go, you can you can judge how well a society is doing by how well they they pay attention to laws or obey laws, and it seems like it's getting worse, man. And the same thing with people just driving like just idiots and just the carpool lane thing drives me nuts. There's a bunch of traffic, people are just flying by in the carpool lane by themselves. It's like mm-hmm. oh you, oh you think you're that much better than me, huh? Yeah. You think you're that much cool? Oh, <laughs> oh all these people are stupid, right? Because we're we're obeying the law and you're you're the smart guy in the carpool lane. Get out of here, man! Like I, that Get drives me nuts. <laughs> Jordan, but, um, Jordan's triggered <laughs> a little bit. But uh, I guess what I was getting at was just to look back at uh, at how people used to drive, where your distraction was—I mean, if you're dumb, I guess you're reading the newspaper or whatever. But before cell phones, your distractions were whatever was immediate, but nothing that was so addicting as a cell phone. It's it's, it's pretty nuts, scary. Dude. Yeah, it's nuts, man. So like with my my new car, I have it's like I I don't have the premium premium package that gives you all the safety features, but they have like an I don't know if your your van has it where your it, it tells you if you start swerving out of a lane, but does it correct you? No, it doesn't. So the the Mazda, I'm I'm against that stuff, man. They have the ones that correct. Like my car doesn't have it, but I have this. I have the ability if I want to upgrade to it eventually, which I'll never do. But they have the ability where it has a a, a lane keep assist. See, to just, me, it, it literally will turn the car for you if you start swerving. So, and to so, me, if, if you're at that point, I know mm. it's safety, but like if, if you're getting to that point, you shouldn't be driving. Amen. Get off the freaking road. Amen. And you know what? It, it, it Basically, it, it's giving you a free pass for people that are on their phone texting. They're like, that's okay. My, my car's going to do it for me. Dude, just take so, your hands off the wheel. What, it's going oh, yeah. to hold the line. Yeah. Like, if anything, it's going to encourage you to not look. Exactly. So I, I know we're way off topic. Enablers. 
enablers. But I, I, I know, I get it because it, it might actually save more lives doing that. That's that would be the, the argument. Is that okay? So people well, are texting, me, but at least at least, they'll be, at least they'll be texting, and then the car will do something for them. Yeah. But I just think it's weird, man. I mean, it's such a weird time as a bike rider on the road, which I've, I've never really done road riding. I've never committed to doing it for an extended uh, period of time. Mm-hmm. I, I can't trust people, man. By looking at people, like I drive so much, I'm looking at people. It's like, dude, what are you doing? Yeah. Like literally people on the freeway and like you're looking at them, their their heads are literally pointed oh, yeah. down. And oh, it's yeah. like how you're going 75, even they're speeding too. They're going 75, 80 miles an hour and you're looking, you're using, you're looking their, at your lap. Using their knee, man, to drive. <laughs> Steer the car. It's, uh, I think it's because people, you just don't realize how fast you're going. You mm-hmm. don't realize how fast things happen. It's, it doesn't happen enough for people to realize it. So they, they take it for granted. It yeah. only takes one time. Well, it's, I'm, it sucks. I'm going to use Linus's right now and get us back on track. All right. <laughs> Linus's. <laughs> Bring you gotta you gotta bring me back in, dude. Bring you back in, dude. Talk about cars, I'm fucking pissed. <laughs> so, uh, what's up? Is there propaganda with the pictures online where people are like, there's trash cans full of carbon frames and you know rooftops full of like carbon wheels and stuff? I mean, is that propaganda, Jordan? I mean, you know, I mean, what what I mean, what are the numbers, dude? Of like actual like wasted frames or wasted wheels or like wasted carbon products that that are, you know, dumped in the ocean. I mean, is there, like, any kind of numbers that... that uh... I'm sure there are. I'm sorry I don't have that. Um, we talked about this before with the pictures because I remember, the, like, an old Pink Bike article. We're, we're repeating ourselves now, but um, there was a big dumpster full of, of old road bike frames. And um, from my knowledge, I think that was, like, a factory. It was a bunch of void frames. It wasn't even uh, used frames. I think it was just a warranty issue or whatever they were throwing them away we don't even know if they were going to recycle those too it could have just been a bad photo but um people thought they were just going to go to a, a dump but fake, fake news <laughs> either way uh as far as numbers I, I again i don't have anything for you but propaganda i mean i i the whole thing with pole bikes when they when they said that they had a, a carbon bike in in uh in the works and they basically deemed it uh environmentally not friendly so they went the aluminum side i i feel like that was kind of a propaganda move and it worked i mean the whole freaking industry seemed to kind of shake after that everybody was like oh man i'll never buy a carbon bike or like the, a new bike would come out and it would be only a carbon model but they wouldn't have an aluminum model for you to, to kind of go for they'd be like oh well I mean, it's a cool bike, but it's carbon. It's not really sustainable. And everybody would go from that just because one bike company said that they thought it was unsustainable to get the, make a carbon frame. Then you look at the, you know, the, like a couple months later, they came out with an article of, of how that was not exactly correct. They have a, uh, the, like with Pole, they ended up making a full CNC bike, which is a, a crazy engineering design to even make a CNC aluminum bike. But it took i think they did the math it it does it takes over like 100 pounds of aluminum just to make the one frame wow because you have two you're 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 basically taking two flat billet uh pieces i forgot the thickness but you're basically you take a frame cut it in, in half lengthways and then they're bonded together like in two pieces but those two pieces have to start as two thick billet pieces of aluminum yeah so 100 pounds of aluminum to make one frame right but they think that's more efficient than just using a couple pounds of carbon fiber I think it's hilarious. I know you can, uh, the, all the all the shavings. Of course, you can recycle it. No big deal. 
But when it comes to carbon, what what about what about all the energy that you're you're expand? You know, that's, you're that's using exactly. Up, uh, you know, is it is it sustainable? Like, are they using solar power to to run their equipment? I doubt it's like the BMW i factory, uh, like where it's all green energy. I'm sure it's. I mean, I'm sure they're doing whatever they can. But it's. I I think that was propaganda. If you want to if you want to talk about propaganda, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I wish I was more of an expert on it, but I, I personally think from a consumer point of view, I don't think that um, carbon fiber versus aluminum should be the, uh, I don't think there should be an ethical issue between the two. I think if you're looking at that, if anything, if you have an ethical issue with bikes being produced with a certain material, buy a titanium frame. Keep it, keep it for twenty years. Mm-hmm. I mean, they'll, they'll last forever. Yeah, but, but you know, we're we're in, we're in the in the age of vanity. You know, what I mean, like I have a two thousand eighteen bike that I'm trying to sell because I want a two thousand nineteen. <laughs> right? That's that's first world problems, man. Um, I guess yeah. I mean, I don't. I think a lot of the of the consumers aren't. They don't think like that. I think the the main reason why people are pissed off about standards are because of that. I mean, like they want to keep a bike for a long time. Mm. So, like in, in your way, you want to talk about first world problems. You're you're from a privileged position, Lou. Oh boy, where you have the the ability to. Um, and I'm I'm the same way up until the last couple of years here, but where you can buy a bike and sell a bike in the same year, mm-hmm. and then you move to the next one. But if you don't have that luxury. And, so man i'm all over the place buying this car that i have you look at the price you're like holy crap it's a lot of money but to a dealer they're just kind of like it's just another car they've sold two three cars today i had the same kind of jaded look when i was working at a bike shop where it's like i'd be selling a two thousand dollar bike a three thousand dollar bike a five thousand dollar bike within a couple days whatever and then someone would be in there debating like oh man should i spend this 3500 bucks or four thousand bucks what should i get be like oh just spend the four thousand dude it's good that's a lot of money. And mm-hmm. and when you're buying, like when you're in the, the industry and you're getting stuff for cost, it's a lot of money up front, but at the end of the year, you're not out anything. Mm-hmm. Where a lot of these consumers, when they don't have deals, they're going to be out a lot of money, especially you buy a $4,000 bike. You're basically saying I'm out 2000 bucks because you're going to sell that bike for 2000 bucks in a year and a half, mm-hmm. year, year and a half. So I think for the consumer, it's, I mean, people aren't turning bikes around in like once a year. I mean, I, I think people need to look at longevity for sure. And and, and honestly, after the, my, my car, the carbon repair thing that I had go down, I'd buy a carbon bike if I can afford it. Mm-hmm. Even if it was like a like a specialized comp where they have like the, the entry-level comp carbon, um, I think the build kit is fine, and I think the carbon frame is worth it. I don't yeah. know. Actually, they had a, a, gr- a re, was a grand reopening of their one of their stores that they remodeled. They had it on uh, specialized uh, uh, rock and road factory, Mad Ford. They had like a yeah. Know. I think I saw that. Yeah. Wait. Uh, so a little off topic. Did you, you did you know about the whole specialized shop that they opened up? Costa was Mesa in, is in Costa Mesa. Is yeah. that is that still there? Yeah, it's still there. I feel like there's no hype over that store. I remember when they first opened it up, they had like a cocktail hour. They had all this cra- like it was like this fancy like it's mm. a total like specialized showroom. Yeah. But I haven't heard anything about that. It, um, it's right off of uh, what is that, Nineteenth or something like it's that. It's a weird location. And uh, is it Harbor or Beach or something like that? Hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. Anyways, but yeah, I mean, it, you know, what are your thoughts? Just from so say from like a like a, I'm assuming you don't know much about it, and probably a little less than I do, which I don't know anything. Don't know but, a damn thing about it, man. But uh, from your point of view, would you buy carbon or aluminum? Carbon. Why? Lightweightness. <laughs> Is that a word? Legitness. Uh, it's it's lighter, man. You know, I mean, but but check this out, dude. Like, okay, um, I'm really liking the uh, what Brent Foes is doing with the new Ridgeback 29er. You know, it, just the craftsmanship. You know, it, I'm. 
Well, he's American made too. And American so that's made. a different. That's a different. I mean, that's a uh, that's a different angle. So. Yeah. Um, do I mean do I have a the price point? Do I have like a limit on what I can spend, or is it just like whatever I got in my pocket? So that's a big factor. You know what I mean? Like if if you're like, yeah, well, I can I can drop ten grand. That's my that's my that's my budget ten grand, or is it like, oh man, like I'm at like twenty five hundred bucks. So I, I so guess twenty five hundred bucks. I mean, you can get a a, a decent carbon fiber bike. You know, twenty five hundred. No. Yeah. No. Direct you, to consumer. What are you gonna buy for? Well, even then, no. Are you sure? Yes, I'm looking at them. Well, I, I want to buy a YT, but the the cheapest YT uh, Capra two nine is thirty six hundred bucks, thirty five ninety nine. So twenty five hundred bucks. Twenty five hundred bucks gets you the base base aluminum, the higher end. So the equivalent aluminum frame to that carbon frame at thirty six hundred bucks is three thousand bucks. So a six hundred bucks difference. I want to say the entry level YT right now aluminum bike is twenty five or twenty six. So then you have to spend another five hundred bucks to get into carbon. On top of the base aluminum, another thousand bucks. But the equivalent, it's ba- yeah, basically six hundred bucks to get to your carbon. Yeah. From your three thousand dollar, what I would call it, a, a awesome build for three thousand bucks to get that same kind of build on the carbon frame is thirty five ninety nine. So it's wow. six hundred bucks more. Um. So yeah, yeah. I guess my my thing before, if if your price point isn't at that point of, it's tough, man. It's like the whole point of, of carbon being more expensive than aluminum by the, that kind of margin. Six hundred bucks seems realistic, but really some of these brands are like a thousand bucks difference. I would just go aluminum. Mm. I don't think anybody's really. I mean, yeah, the carbon feels cool. It's stiffer, but if you did, can if you can afford it, go for it. But if it, not, get the nicer parts in the aluminum frame. Did, didn't Specialized come out with like a hardtail that was like super light and it was aluminum and it was like really blinged out? It was like their Epic or something, but it was like aluminum. Aluminum, I don't know. Yeah. I remember seeing that somebody Recent? posted. It. Yeah, I think I think they have like a, a hardtail aluminum option, but it's like super lightweight. I'm sure for it's, aluminum. I mean, they always seem to be pushing the boundaries, especially yeah. recently. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's tough, dude. Like, you know, and people want their ba- more bang for the buck. So, I mean, maybe that's why these direct to consumer companies are are doing so well because it's like. You know, for three grand, it's like, what can I get for three grand at a bike shop versus what can I get three grand online? Well, so let's do the let's do the math. I mean, you look at a, a three grand giant trance or like, like what else? What would you do for three thousand bucks? What would you? And the first thing I'd think of is giant. If you want a decent bang for your buck, yeah, or or, or specialized because I mean, you know, the specialized they have a lot of good deals. Even then, at three thousand bucks, you're not getting all that much. You're getting base level. If anything, you're going to get that Yari fork if it's a longer travel uh, bike. Or yeah, but if somebody wants carbon, they're like, eh, I don't care about the components. Three thousand bucks, you're not going to get carbon in a bike shop, unless it's on sale. You know, from from like a previous year. But if you look at the equivalent YT for three thousand bucks, gets you a uh, I want to say it's a Lyric RCT three. It gets you a uh, super deluxe uh, rear shock. So you got the piggy- piggyback shock. I think you get like a mix of like GX. Is it GX maybe? And then you get like an E13 cassette, I want to say. What? Or 30 e- mil internal. GX or NX, one of the two. Because I think NX is like their like they're, they're like lowest. Like I, th- them. I think it's GX shifter, GX derailleur with E13 cassette, I want to say. Okay. I could be wrong. DT Swiss, like 1700 series, I think is what it is. Either way. The bill for three thousand bucks is ridiculous. It would basically be a four thousand dollar aluminum bike at least. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. At the end of the day, it's it's whatever you can afford, I guess. But if you're looking at like an aluminum or a carbon bike, and ethically you have an issue with either one, or you, if you're looking at the ethical issue and you're trying to choose between two, 
I mean, I wouldn't choose aluminum just because you think it's more ethical. I guess that would be how I would sum up that the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. So you're saying you you cannot get a carbon bike for under three grand? Are you trying, you're trying to research in front of me, bro? <laughs> you, you trying to? Oh, I'm I'm asking you a question. You trying to <laughs> fact fact check me right now, bro? Fact check for me, under man. three thousand bucks at a shop. Under three thousand bucks, not a hardtail. Oh. Okay. A hardtail. I mean, I, well, I'm sure Giant has like, like an XTC uh, two or a yeah, three yeah, for like twenty five hundred bucks. Specialized has the Epic hardtail comp for twenty eight hundred bucks. Twenty eight. Twenty eight hundred bucks carbon. Yeah, but it's probably like twenty five pounds. It's still heavy. It's it's like you're almost buying carbon just to have carbon at that point. It's kind of a weird weird deal. I mean, I shouldn't say specialized. Special the specialized frame is pretty nice. Like the new the comp carbon frames now are basically the Westbrook frames of two three years ago. Well, this is uh, this is Fact Eleven carbon. Yeah, so it's the Esbrook frame of, of a couple of years ago. And then the, the new Esbrook frames are something even nicer. Are they are they like 13 or 14? Where are I they think. At? I think they're 13. I could be, I'm probably wrong, but that's obviously not going to be as nice as the Esbrook's frame. Right. But I mean, still, I mean. The trickle-down effect, I guess, in that point. So yeah. for 2800 bucks, but that's a hardtail for 2800 bucks. That's a lot of money for a hardtail. Is it? I mean, just in general, well, what, if you look what, at it. What did you spend on your bike? Do you remember? I mean, yeah, what do you have? A uh, um, the nine point nine Trek nine point nine Trek, right? Pro Galiber. I mean, brand new. It's expensive. Uh huh. See, I had a deal. Okay, but I mean, so, that frame brand new is twenty eight fifty. There you go. So this is a good deal for just a frame. Yeah, so this is a good deal for a hardtail twenty hundred. I don't know what you're trying to prove right now, dude. <laughs> <laughs> that somebody can go and apples oranges, bro. <laughs> My frame is basically the Esprix frame. If you look at the Esprix, look at the Esprix frame. Oh yeah, they're it's expensive, it's probably the same price as that that uh, the complete bike. Uh, yeah. Mine is basically the Esprix tw- version tw- of Trek. Twenty five hundred bucks for the Esprix frame. Yeah, there you go. So it's I think the Trek frame is like twenty eight fifty at the time, and you can get it for like two thousand bucks now. Damn. They're expensive, man. That's, that's baller, dude. That is baller stuff right there, man. It's, Anyways, well, guys, thank you for listening to another episode. We didn't even talk about tariffs, bro. Oh, you know what? We got time. Let's... A quick note on tariffs. The only thing that I read was uh, Pink Bike had a thing about tariffs and uh, basically weighed in on or had owners of companies weigh in on tariffs and what their thoughts were on it. Don't want to get political on any of this stuff, but uh, you know, people, or at least with the, the Trump uh, uh, group, believes that uh, tariffs are going to bring you know work back to the states, but some bike companies say otherwise. And because we talked about Pivot today, I'll, I'll reference to Pivot. Um, Chris Kokalis um, from Pivot, the owner, he basically said he was asked if if he thinks that uh, production will come to the states because of the tariffs. But he said no, especially carbon fiber um, assembly, it would not come here. Um, and even uh, bike building too. I, I I forgot what it was. It was like they have the bikes built overseas or here however it went he basically said the bike building uh, procedure is going to change but he said because of the tariffs it made even less sense to bring carbon fiber here because you have to import the carbon from out of uh, out of the country let, let me answer the jordan real quick question um regarding tariffs so these tariffs are on china correct um yes i believe so so a lot of these bikes are made in taiwan um, so the the are, so do, I'd be curious. do these, do these tariffs actually impact some of these companies, or it's just a bunch of BS. They're like, oh, well, now we can. It impacts them for sure. But Why if, else if, would they be talking about it? It's not all, they're not just BSing I mean, you. You know, 
I think I think some of these companies are made in Taiwan, dude. They're not Alex Jones. <laughs> Alex Jones over here. That's a conspiracy, dude. <laughs> they're trying to sell carbon fiber frames for twice the price of what they're actually paying for. <laughs> Maybe. We'll be right back. <laughs> but uh I don't know. I mean, like that's a good question, right? I mean, if if, it, if, if it's made in Taiwan, so the the, the terrorists don't is it, is it China only? I guess that would be the, the the deciding factor. You want to fact check me, bro? Look it up next. See if it's just China or if it's next all of, week. Next week. All right. Next week. But um, yeah, I mean, the, the whole tariff thing is kind of a iffy subject for some people. I I think it's I don't know. It's tough, dude. I mean, it's we're tough. we're getting screwed, man. It's I mean, it's like, funny because we're going from like eleven percent to twenty eight percent. I think is what it was uh, taxes on 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 our uh, imports um, from our previous. I think we're at eleven percent. They're they're saying it can go up to twenty eight percent, or or it'll go up twenty eight percent from. I forgot what it was. But look, but the European Union European Union they yeah, folded like Union a, like is a paying like a cards. No, but they're already paying like forty eight percent uh taxes on on our stuff there there or the same stuff from china like they're already at 48 percent, and we're worried about going up to 28 percent or something Mm -hmm. so it's kind of weird i mean i i think the idea is definitely uh it's triggering a bunch of people but i I think it's just just a way to uh to negotiate better pricing for 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 us i think i think it'll go away i think by the end of the year these tariffs are going to go away well so what chris said at pivot said uh basically the the production is going to stay the same but the the price of the bikes on like a five thousand dollar bike he said it's going to go up from anywhere from six to eight hundred bucks so that's what that was his assessment he said that that would basically be a way to compensate for their their cost i, I think uh you know don't quote me on it man but i think by the end of the year the price are, we're gonna we're gonna go back to we're gonna have better deals and this is me, man. I mean, if I'm a betting man, I, I I'm not gonna waste any of my money, but I would definitely be uh I would be hopeful for your, your, uh, <laughs> whatever you want to call it, your your foresight on it. I I don't know. I mean, I I'm not all that knowledgeable on it, but from what I've seen, the, it's, the it's, bike industry is not just very a, you confident. Know, so you're, you're just playing uh, Texas Hold'em, dude. Like, who you know, like, hey, you know what? I'm gonna raise you, you know, twenty five thousand dollars like you know and, that's a big thing to, to be betting on though I, I think the jump is what scares a lot of people it's, it's mm-hmm. just a, it's a it's a big change rather than a gradual change that we're used to so um i know specializes already increased their prices a couple months back on their bikes uh, to, to counteract the the tariffs but yeah time will tell man mm-hmm. I, know, so, I know i know the goal is to bring it home but i think we're, we're probably so deep into outsourcing everything that it might be counterintuitive to bring it to try to bring it back home at least most of like the the bigger companies uh, it, it just depends and you know for them it's it's about money right yeah so if, if you're gonna if you're gonna incentivize things and, and really offer a better deal then they might do it right yeah. and i mean if, if we're if we're gonna throw a bunch of money at you then you might you might do it you know yeah. what i mean i don't know time Maybe, will tell yeah well, well we, you know we can always re re, re uh trust re, me revisit that next made, week made in america is cool but in today's world, whatever's realistic, I guess it's you know so. whatever's realistic is how much you gonna it's how much is it gonna cost me, right? How much is it gonna impact my life and my livelihood? Like that's that's what people are thinking about, right? That's day, a, day that, to day, right? Yeah, and that turns into a moral argument of of whatever they're paying the people across, you know overseas. It's dude, it's, out of it's, sight, a, out of mind, it's dude. a deep subject we could, we could talk about. Jordan, that's out of sight, out of mind. Hey, you know what? Oh, so I'm just saying people are damn, doing that. I'm just cold. saying people are doing that. NIMBYs, right? Not damn. in my backyard. Right, I, like, I mean, pe- people want to. We're know, all we're not, all not, we're all hypocrites at the end exactly. of the day. Exactly, you're damn right. Me too. But so, I mean, think about the homeless situation, sucks, right? I mean, that's something that's impacting us here in Orange County. Yeah. It's like you know, people want a solution, but they don't want it in their backyard, right? Like, oh, not in back. You know, that's why they call them NIMBYs, right? You know, like, <laughs> hey, 
go, you know, go take it over here to Santa Ana or, or take it over here. Like they can, they can handle the homeless people, but we don't want it in Irvine. We don't want it in Tustin. It's yeah. Like, hey, we have to, we have to all share the burden, dude. It's not just one city. It's, it's got to be a, a, a county and, and you know, it's one helping everybody out. You know what I mean? Like we can't be selfish about that kind of stuff. But that's, that's one of the issues that, you know, that we're, we're, we're dealing with right now, and also, uh, you know, the gas tax and the registration insurance that you're going to be paying for your <laughs> new car congratulations <laughs> it's yeah. a tough sub- subject man i mean i it's it's a weird world man there's so many different things that we that we worry about that you know morally we should worry about them but then also how much weight do you want to take on to yourself you know it's it's yeah. kind of weird times too much information it's tough dude and we're in, we're in the age of information dude where you can for it's good all, or for worse. It's all better or for worse. In the palm of your hands, man. Yep. So. All right, guys. Thanks for listening, Jordan. Appreciate you coming in, dude. And uh, hopefully, uh, we'll uh, we'll have you as a regular. Yeah, I mean, maybe I'll just end up being a co-host at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Be a regular. I don't know, dude. But it's fun. It's always all fun. Right, man. We'll see you.